Welcome, welcome, welcome in. It is August. It is preseason football, which means it's the beginning of redraft season. I am the at-home dad at FF at home dad on Twitter, and I'm here to bring you a special installment of the FFD260 family of uh, podcasts. This is the first of a series in the redraft tiered ranking roundtables. That's right. FFD260 is going beyond the D for Dynasty to bring you everything you need to know to get you prepared for all your redraft leagues. And it starts with our rankings, which can be found at ffdynasty260.com, where you can get our consensus rankings as well as individual writers' rankings. Our goal today is to break down the QBs and maybe if we get to uh, tight ends into their tiers based on our consensus ranks and then let our writers defend their redraft rankings. So let's uh, see who's here. Fellas, introduce yourselves. Uh, I am Ben Sigler, and my Twitter handle is at Sigs. C-I-G-F-247. My name is Eitan Lozia, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at gold to go pulse All right. So we have uh, two of our, our writers joining us in. All three of us have our, our redraft rankings up. So to kick things off, we're going to jump into the quarterbacks. The way we're going to do this is we took all of our writers' rankings. We averaged them out to give each player a consensus ranking. That should not be anything new. Um, for you, if you're into fantasy football, you probably see it on a lot of websites that have multiple writers writing. Our goal today is to say, based on our consensus rankings, what tier do these guys fit into? Because you really should be using tiers to help yourself out as you're drafting so you know where that tier breaks so you can decide, do I jump at this guy now or do I wait for the next tier? Um, and then once we do that, we're going to have our, our, our different writers here. We're going to have Sigs and uh, Aton kind of give you guys a little bit of reason why you should either have this guy higher in your rankings or lower in your rankings based on where we're at. So we'll start with quarterbacks. We'll do our top 20. There's only one tier at the very top, or only one guy in the top tier in terms of quarterbacks. Every single one of us have him there. We probably don't need to talk too much about him. But our first tier in a tier by himself, is Aaron Rodgers at one. Do, do we really need to discuss too much more about that, guys? you want to add anything? Probably not. I mean, it, yeah, I think he's probably everyone, even coming back from injury, he's probably everyone's number one, or, or if not, really, really close to the top. He's just in that uh, elite group of guys that really, they're, they are their team. Without them, their team wouldn't function at all. I believe it's Rodgers, Brady, Maybe Breeze. There's just a few guys in the league that really run their entire organization kind of from the top down. And to build off of that, Brady is actually starting off our tier two uh, because, I mean, let's face it, Aaron Rodgers should be universally your number one quarterback. But in our tier two, we got two guys. We got Russell Wilson um, coming in at 2.6 as their average rank and Tom Brady coming in at 3.9. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk about Russell Wilson first. Uh, Sigs, why don't you go ahead and lead us off? Because you have him at four, and most of the rest of us have him at two. For Russell Wilson? Yep. Um, I guess looking at, at my rankings, uh, there's a couple guys that, as was mentioned before, I, I had, had went to uh, Drew Brees actually at two. The point I guess I had with Russell Wilson is I was a little unsure – of if he's going to be able to, I guess, be top, top of the list. So I just bumped him down two or three, and I figured he's still just outside that top tier. Uh, 
it seems like Seattle's kind of gone through a partial dismantling, I guess, both offensively and defensively. You know, they lose Jimmy Graham. There's a bunch of, of targets going to one of his favorite receivers. They still got Doug Baldwin. Uh, I think a lot of people are probably hoping Tyler Lockett can step up and take some of those targets. Uh, the running back, it's kind of a by-committee thing, and, and there's always some of the running backs taking some catches. But it, to me, it was just like a little bit of uncertainty. And when you're at the top going from one to two, I thought, well, Tom Brady is a little bit more consistent. Uh, or No, not, sorry, not Tom Brady. Uh, Drew Brees is a little bit more consistent. And uh, I didn't knock him too much. I just did bump him down a couple away from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I, I, I understand all the, you know, all the concerns with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, sorry, with Russell Wilson. I understand all the concerns, especially with Seattle. My thing is, though, those concerns have kind of been there for a while. Their offensive line has been trash for a while. Uh, Doug Baldwin has, has been his number one guy for a while, um, and he still puts up ridiculous numbers. Um, yeah, I could see a little bit of a drop there, but the fact that he's still going to scramble, he's still going to pick up uh, bonus points with his feet, he's still going to you know, occasionally get a rushing touchdown – um, I mean, he had three rushing touchdowns, which was three times as many as the running backs last year in Seattle. <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous to me. Um, so I definitely, definitely want to keep Russell up there because he can do that. Um, next up on the list, we have Tom Brady. Uh, Ethan, why don't you start us off with him? Because you actually have him at three, um, whereas both Sigs and I have him at six. I really think Tom Brady is uh, the third quarterback on this list simply because uh, kind of going back to my previous statement that uh, he runs his team. Uh, He is the entire offense. He is as much the running game as he is the passing game in New England because he really does uh, do a lot of short dump offs uh, to his running backs that are essentially how New England runs. Um, Tom Brady is – Still in a good position, as long as he has Gronkowski healthy. I really don't think it matters who the wide receivers are on that team. I believe Tom Brady and Bill Belichick together um, are are definitely just going to find a way to dice up defenses like they have been doing for the past decade. And uh, until we see a drop-off coming, uh, we really can't predict it. It's kind of like predicting injury. It's not something you necessarily see until it happens. And until that day comes, you have to rank. Uh, top Tom Brady at the top of the list of the elite of the elite quarterbacks. Yeah, six. Why don't you just explain why you have him at six, and then I'll, I'll kind of get a last point in there. Um, well, with with Brady, there's the perpetual argument of well, he's one year older now, and we all know that he wants to play, you know, for the next four, five, six years. Um, I know Cooks was gone in part of last year, and I'm never denying his talent, but besides Gronk, which you can't take away Gronk. There's no one that's going to cover him. So he's always going to be there. Um, there's always this kind of flux. And it just seemed to me like there was a little bit more uh, outward motion with their offense of weapons for Brady. Um, I, I guess, you know, at six, in my mind, he's still in that top half of your QB ones. Uh, the one thing that, that I thought, well, you know, he's, I got him on some of my fantasy teams. He's never, or I shouldn't say never. He's rarely got that explosive game where he's throwing up, you know, 400, 500 yards and a bunch of touchdowns. 
Um, part of that's probably their team dynamic. Their team is, we're going to plan to beat this team this week. And it might be that they run a ton. It might be that they, you know, slow the game tempo down. It might be that they get out there and just zip the ball down the field. And in five plays, they've covered 80 yards. Um, so it was kind of just not so much a knock on them that I figured there's some other quarterbacks that are traditionally putting up, you know, a lot more yardage consistently uh, where he kind of ebbs and flows and, and he just kind of more of a, a consistent option where he's going to get his yards, his touchdowns, but maybe doesn't have that explosive uh, game where obviously he's blowing everyone out and carrying your whole team and dragging everyone else along for that week. Yeah. And I, I completely agree. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I agree with both points in the fact that, you know, it's almost impossible to bet against Tom Brady because he just yeah. shows up all the time. But on the other other hand, yes, there is the perpetual argument. He's a year older, which I kind of want to stop hearing. But yeah, I, I also I also want to I want to be ahead of him falling off. I don't want him to be on my roster that year that he does fall off. Um, and I just think it every every time every year you're playing that game of roulette a little bit closer and a little bit closer. Um, and I and I do feel that they they've just lost a lot of weapons in New England, and I still expect Belichick because I think he is he, not a Patriots fan myself, but I do think Belichick is by far the you know the best coach that we've seen definitely in this generation. Um, he just exploits every matchup, so the lack of weapons isn't going to be as detrimental to Brady as it would be you know somebody else because Belichick and that coaching staff always finds a way to, like you said, take it, take advantage of a mismatch. Yeah. Um, and whether that's, Oh, we're going to run today. Oh, we're going to pass today. Oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to run, you know, trips left. ISO Gronk to the outside. So that they always have to put somebody different on him. And that's how we're going to beat you. It, they just do it week in and week out in certain weeks. That's going to be, we beat you. And the game is 14 to 10. Yeah. Um, so that's why I have them a little bit lower, but you know, I can definitely, there, there's not much argument. Everybody has them in the top six. Uh, he's still going to be a worthwhile, um, quarterback for you to get if you get him. Um, that moves us then into our third tier and our third tier, we have Cam Newton, Drew Brees and Carson Wentz, uh, in order Cam was 4.8, Drew 5.4 and Carson Wentz 6.5. Um, I actually have Cam Newton at three, uh, and then Aton has him at four, six. Yeah, you got him at five. Um, so we're not really too far off with Cam. Uh, I think that Cam Newton's one of these guys, very similar to Russell Wilson, that he's going to get you bonus points on his feet. I think even even though they brought in C.J. Anderson and they have Christian McCaffrey, he uh, Cam Newton is still the lead rusher at the goal line. So that's why I have him ranked a little bit higher, especially if you're going with four points per touchdown, uh, passing touchdown, and six points for a rushing touchdown, because he will get you those extra rush, rushing scores. Uh, guys, you want to jump in on Cam? Even though I do rate Cam extremely highly as having him at four, I, I worry a little bit with Cam because – uh, my draft strategy uh, tends to be uh, to have some safety in the quarterback position and then to get my highly volatile weeks out of my wide receivers. Uh, 
Cam Newton, that kind of goes all out the window because there are instances where Cam is, you know, 35, 40 points and leading your team to victory almost as often as there are instances where Cam is about 15 points and really the reason for your team's defeat. The reason for Cam being ranked so highly on my list is, again, those uh, that potential for for those but for those boom weeks, uh, Cam can can really uh, go off when he has those uh, two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdown games. Um, we're already seeing some uh, some issues out of uh, other players on that team, running back specifically. I'm talking about CMC not necessarily being able to run uh, through the tackles and and get that goal line work. I do understand the signing uh, of CJ Anderson, but I, I really don't uh, foresee. Uh, CJ stealing too much of that goal line work uh, from Cam. And as long as he continues to get those uh, goal line touchdowns, as well as five to 600 rushing yards uh, per season, uh, there's really no reason uh, to, to, to kind of bet against them on any given day. Uh, it's just that it's a kind of Russian roulette that you play with Cam every time you throw him out there. Yeah, I, I, I concur. So you're saying Cam better for best ball, not so much for redraft where you have to choose which week you want to roll him out there. I wouldn't necessarily say better for, for best ball. I mean, I, I guess looking at it now, yes, he, he obviously would be better for best ball, but I wouldn't be afraid to put him in a redraft league as well. I just think that if you do have Cam as your starting quarterback, uh, you're going to have to be a little bit more careful with your other positions than uh, you might have originally thought. You might want an Adam Thielen instead of a Stephon Diggs in terms of just making sure that you have some solidity elsewhere on your roster. Duly noted. All right. Uh, let's drop down to Drew Brees then. He comes in um, just over the five mark. Ethan, you got him at seven here. My question is, is this because you are with a handful of other kind of analysts and thinking that uh, – the New Orleans of 2017 is going to be the New Orleans moving forward? No, no. The reason I have them so low is because of that defense. Uh, that is a top-tier defense that the Saints possess. And as long as you can allow uh, Coach Sean Payton to keep running on you, he is happy doing that. Now, the addition of uh, other wide receivers like Trayvon Smith, um, as well as who was that uh, other receiver that they added? Cameron Meredith. Meredith. As well as Cameron Meredith uh, does show that uh, Peyton definitely is uh, looking to, to maybe pass a little bit more this season. I do expect that out of Drew Brees, but I really do think that ultimately they're not going to unleash Drew Brees uh, until the playoffs, just like they did last season, as long as they can continue uh, to run on uh, on the opponent and with that offensive line as well as that defense i see no reason why that can't continue yeah um six i'm gonna let you you go next because you got him you got drew Brees at two i got him at four so go go ahead and counter counter that argument if you can um i guess to me in uh in redraft where you throw out age to some degree um, looking down the list, just everything in a in a vacuum, I'm looking, I'm like, okay, who are the people that when you give them the ball, regardless of scenario, whether it's two yards to gain, whether it's 10 yards to gain, whether it's 15 because of a penalty, um, there's only a couple guys where you're like, well, this isn't a definite run play versus pass. 
And to me, it was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and Drew Brees was right there, my next guy I picked. And it seems like here's another guy every year. It's okay, he's a year older, but he just doesn't show signs of slowing down. Uh, he's, he seems like he sets a record for attempts and breaks it the next year every year. Uh, I know it's not literally that, but he's always right up there. Um, I do agree with their defense. He might not have to or might not be able to get the ball back as much. Uh, he might not be in as much shootouts because the scores might be a little bit lower. But it seems like Sean Payton and him had a share of brain, and they just like to chuck the ball all over the place. And even though they're running backs, it's probably going to be when Ingram comes back, especially too. You got Kamara there. You look, those guys might take a, a swing pass or go on a wheel route. And, you know, whether they break it a long distance or whether they just take it for six, seven yards at a clip, um, I think he's going to have a lot of dump off passes that, I mean, both those guys are explosive. They could take something meant to go five or six, pick up a first down, and all of a sudden it's in the touchdown <clears throat> in the end zone. So you just never know. I, I Again, one of those guys, Rodgers went down last year. You saw it exposed their coaching staff, their their wide receivers, everything. I think if they lost Breeze, it would be in the same scenario, the same boat. So I think, you know, the offense runs through him and because of him. Yeah, I, I, again, I agree with both kind of points that you guys are making. Um, and, and that's kind of why I think I'm, I'm more kind of in the middle of the, the two um, in terms of my ranking. My thought, though, is that Drew Brees had a down year in 2017. I think part of that may be because of that defense. But I still think that even with them having a top defense, they're not going to just pull their foot off the gas. Um, they're still going to go back to kind of the the Saints way of – you know, really racking up yardage, really racking up touchdowns. I think that defense is just going to make them look even better and possibly, you know, make them a, a much better Super Bowl contender, um, especially because Drew Brees is no spring chicken anymore. Um, he's getting up there in age, and his window might be closing quickly too. Uh, but just to throw throw some numbers out there, um, in 2017, Drew Brees threw for the least yardage since – 2000 and uh let's see where'd it go 2005 hmm. he threw for the least number of touchdowns in his career since 2003 so like drew Brees in 2016 threw for over 5,000 yards um a few years before that another he's 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 had so many 5,000 yard seasons. He's had so many seasons over 30 touchdowns. He's had seasons over 40 touchdowns. Um, I just don't see, I see 2017 as such an anomaly that I can't put it all on Camara. I can't put it all on the Saints defense. I think it was just one of those things where they, like, they were just able to score in so many different ways that. Like his yardage and his yardage, I'm saying is low, but he still put up 4,334 yards. Um, you know, so he and and he his completion percentage was 72. So he was hitting, he was still hitting all of his same passes. It was just kind of one of those things where he didn't need to, like you said, he didn't need to be as explosive. But I think you know, in 2018, you're going to see him get a little bit closer to what his career averages are. Um, so I definitely see him coming back in, in a pretty big way. Um, 
just to kind of put in one final point on Breeze. Go for it. That I'm just showing the uh, the, the the difference in, in how he was utilized during the playoffs because, uh, during the the majority of last season. Uh, the Saints averaged about eight uh, yards per attempt last season during the season. Um, in the playoffs, that number was bumped up to about 9.2. Uh, the rushing yardage during the season, yards per attempt, was about 4.67. Uh, during the playoffs, it was about 2.63. Uh, I think Sean Payton is one of those coaches that, that really just hits you where it hurts. And what I mean by that is he, he does he, – he zigs when you zag. If you're trying to, to stop the pass, he's going to hit you with the run. If you're trying to stop the run, he's going to hit you with the pass. And, again, with uh, just how the Saints organization is currently built, um, with that offensive line, that defense, I think he's going to get have success with that early and not really uh, be forced to really lean on Drew Brees' arm until uh, he needs to, until he sees the exotic defenses uh, being thrown at him in the playoffs. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Carson Wentz then. Uh, he comes in at 6.5, uh, so right around that sixth or seventh best quarterback. Sigs, you got him at three, uh, which is the highest of all of us here. Uh, is that wishful thinking in that his knee is fully reconstructed, or you got something else going on? No, admittedly, you kind of nailed it. It's it's from the stuff I've been looking at and reading um, – in a bunch of leagues last year, I had to face once when he was going like his MVP run before he got injured and then Brady took another one. Uh, it, it's, it was just, okay. I got beat by him in a couple different leagues in a couple different ways. And I think it's one of those things. He definitely helps run their offense, but I think, you know, Peterson is, is kind of helping make sure that they're doing things that no one else expects. And it is a little bit of wishful thinking, I do think he'll be he'll be fine. I'm hoping, I guess, he'll be fine, but I do think he'll recover. Um, and I think one of those intangible things, looking at, okay, they won the Super Bowl last year and he got his ring, I think it, he seems to be the one of those guys that would be motivated by, yeah, we got it, but technically I wasn't the one out there helping us get it in the end. And I can see him having that chip on his shoulder and just coming out and, and pr- having to prove – to himself and everyone else that he's still there, that he hasn't been hit by this injury and it's going to diminish him or that he, he's got a ring. And now it's not as, uh, as much of a big deal for him to, to come out and put up those stats or those numbers. Yeah. And both, both Aton and I have him at eight. So Aton, why don't you go ahead and lead off uh, your thoughts on Wentz? Um, I, personally uh, love Carson Wentz as a fantasy quarterback. I've been trying to acquire him in all my leagues, and I am pretty much getting stonewalled. And to be honest, I understand why. Um, Carson Wentz, though, this season does have a few uh, red flags that I'd like to point out. The first of those is uh, he suffered from what I call Deshaun Watson syndrome. And what I mean by that is he had a, an absolutely ridiculous touchdown rate. It's about 7.5, about 2.5% uh, percent, uh, over the league average. Um, he was throwing a touchdown at a rate that's clearly unsustainable, and uh, even Aaron Rodgers hasn't uh, necessarily matched those numbers uh, for more than just a few small stretches. That 
is the first issue I had with Carson Wentz. The second issue I have with Carson Wentz is the nature of his injury. It was an ACL injury, and uh, a lot of Carson Wentz's uh, value actually came from his ability to scramble and his ability uh, to gain some extra yards on the ground. In fact, if you remember last season, the play that he was injured on, he was actually diving into the end zone for a touchdown. Um, I'm not sure if Carson is going to, number one, uh, feel as comfortable uh, rushing as much as he did last year. Uh, and I'm also uh, not sure if his, uh, if his injury is actually going to, to, to allow him to hold up uh, for the majority of the season if he does uh, intend to run. So um, I love Carson Wentz. I do think in the future um, he can, can definitely – uh, be one of those top-tier QBs once the Aaron Rodgers and the Tom Brady's of this world uh, do retire. But um, at the current moment, I just have to manage expectations for a player that we've really only seen about one good season from in, in the two years that he's been in the league thus far. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of um, hesitant on Wentz, partly because of the ACL tear, um, partly because... Uh, a lot of his kind of bigger games seem to come against um, some of the defenses that can be exploited a little bit more. Um, that to me is a, a, a little bit telling. Um, but I mean, overall, I think Wentz is a really good quarterback. I think the fact that he can scramble and find guys, I think that that gives him that added kind of boost. Um, you know, being able to do it with his legs as well as his arm gives him a little bit of a boost. Uh, I am just a little bit hesitant, um, you know, especially with the Hall of Fame game being a couple days ago and seeing RG3 again kind of makes me remember again when RG3 came back from his ACL tear and he was hesitant to step up and throw in the pocket, which just made him not be able to do anything that he was able to do before the injury um, and took him from a, a fantasy elite quarterback to a guy that I thought was out of the league until he came trotting out in a Falcon and a, uh, um, I was going to say Flacco for a second there, but in a, in a Ravens uniform. So I, that's my hesitancy with, with Wentz. I would also add that uh, Carson Wentz actually is, also going to have uh, some issues with uh, receiver stability um, moving forward. Uh, we've already heard some injury reports uh, coming out about Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, we're not sure when he's going to be available uh, this season. We're not even sure when Carson Wentz is going to be available this season. Uh, so far, we've, we've heard that it's going to be week one, but until we actually see that happen, uh, I, I believe the, the Philadelphia Eagles have had multiple trade offers for Nick Foles kept him for a reason. Um, a second part to that is uh, Nelson Aguilar is actually in his last year uh, as a Philadelphia Eagle. So if uh, we have a hobbled Alshon Jeffrey and uh, less effective Nelson Aguilar or non-existent Nelson Aguilar moving forward, uh, we might have uh, some trouble with Wentz, uh, not only this year, but, but even moving forward in dynasty leagues. Yeah, I kind of hope that's not the case. I hope the Eagles are are a good enough organization where they can put you know put some pieces around them. But uh, I think the the question that you were saying about not knowing if he's ready to come back, I think, is mostly because of the guy that's going to show up in our fourth tier uh, towards the bottom of it, but Mr. Andrew Luck. So let's jump into our fourth tier. 
Uh, we have Matt Stafford, Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins, and the aforementioned Andrew Luck. Uh, Stafford's coming in at 410. Deshaun Watson is tied with him at 410. Um, and Kirk Cousins it, at 8.2 and Andrew Luck at 10.78. Uh, this one gives you a kind of interesting combination of guys that are pretty, pretty consistent in terms of what you'll get for them in terms of Matt Stafford and Kirk Cousins. You're going to get kind of that back end QB one setup, but you got a guy like Andrew Luck who, you know, like you said, with Carson Wentz, we don't know it till we see it for, I think what was the, the tally that. Um, I think it was ESPN had up at one point 675 days in between throwing um, actual NFL passes if Andrew Luck starts week one. Um, and anybody who picked up Andrew Luck last year knows the pain of that. No, 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 he's good. He's going to start. We fully expect him to start and then him not starting. Um, so given these four guys, uh, let's kind of attack them all at once. Um Let's go with Stafford and Cousins kind of together because they're those those back end QB ones. Um, Ethan, you got uh, Stafford at six. Uh, why? Uh, I think Detroit is is going to Detroit. I think Jim Bob Cooter has no intention of really ceding anything to the running game, and I think we're going to see a lot of what we've seen in the past. Um, Matthew Stafford is one of those quarterbacks that, oddly enough, started out as a pocket passer and has actually improved his mobility lately. So that's giving you some, some extra points because uh, you're getting a few rushing yards and a rushing TD here and there with uh, Matt Stafford. But uh, you also uh, just have so many weapons on that team. You have uh, Golden Tate, who's going to be motivated because he's in a contract year. You have uh, Marvin Jones, who we've seen as a, um, a contested cash uh, special, specialist and you we also have now this year uh, Kenny Galladay, uh, who spent a lot of last year injured but showed some promise early. Um, the coaches, as well as uh, many analysts, are, are really pegging him for a breakout season this year. And I just think uh, Matthew Stafford in that offense, in an offense that wants to win games by throwing, um, they're, they're really uh, going to kind of show out this season. I, I really expect that offense to be a lot better. Um, I don't assume that they won't run. They obviously spent some high draft capital uh, drafting on Johnson, as well as having one of the uh, best offensive lines they've ever had. But I really do think all of those things just point uh, to uh, giving their offense a little bit more variety and making the pass even harder to stop with that team. Excellent. Uh, can we also just give a shout out for Jim Bob Cooter having one of the best uh, names in football? <laughs> Of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, I also like Matt Stafford. I, I actually have him the lowest of the three of us. I have him at nine. Um, and we have a, another writer who has him at 12. Uh, but a, an extra little bonus that I would give is if Carrion Johnson can actually become what people are hoping Carrion Johnson will, you know, will be, that, that might actually help make Matthew Stafford a better, more efficient passer by having a more legitimate running game. Um, I mean, you hear this argument all the time with Dak that Dak is trash without um, Ezekiel Elliott in the lineup. Um, you know, Matt Stafford, I'm not going to go quite that far, but the the Detroit rushing game has been pretty abysmal 
for a while. Um, Amir Abdullah never became what they wanted him to be. And Theo Riddick, although being a serviceable, um, you know, receiving back, he's not going in between the tackles and picking you up um, any type of, you know, really any type of respect from the defense by giving him the ball um, on the ground. Uh, so I think if Carrion can actually do um, what people want him to do, that could be a huge improvement, not just for the Lions, but for Stafford as well. Uh, Sigs, anything you want to add about Stafford or do you want to talk about uh, Cousins? I can I can go Stafford into Cousins too, otherwise. Um, oh, I had him at seven right between you guys. And for me, it's one of those things where I I – think they're going to transition to into a, a little bit more of a probably balanced offense uh he he in some came, games last year you'd watch and you know they're trying to call runs they're just not working they're they're coming off and the, their line looked really good and then was ravished by injuries decker went out last year uh, you know because of how they had to move guys around there was no chemistry they started, I forget what the stat was, but I got sick of seeing that too by the end of the year that they've started so many different line combinations. Uh, you know, it was ridiculous. And they should be more balanced. The word on the training camp is that, you know, their line looks really tough. They got Frank Greg now, who they moved from center over to guard, uh, keeping Glasgow at center. If, if they can keep these guys healthy, it'd be nice to see what they do. I think, though, that uh, Stafford's one of the more consistent producers at quarterback and probably one of the more undervalued he's always you know between five and 12 probably in everyone's ranking uh, but those games where all of a sudden you know they got less than two minutes and they need to go 80 yards he's one of those guys where you almost are like okay I'm not going to go make a run to get snacks or go to the bathroom because he probably will pull this out and get him into field goal range or get him into uh, the end zone so I mean Stafford's really a safe pick and a safe bet uh, to be in that top, you know, maybe lower half, uh, somewhere between, you know, 6 and 12 on probably most people's rankings. Uh, he does play in a dome. Uh, Cousins does too. Cousins switch teams. <clears throat> Here you go to someone that he's he's probably not going to be asked to do as much as he was in Washington uh, with Kirk Cousins. He has digs where they just locked up. He's got Thielen who just has – you know, magnets for hands where he catches tons of balls. Uh, they got Delvin Cook back who, if he can recover from what he had his surgery in the offseason, I mean, he was looked good catching the ball in his brief stint in the NFL. Uh, I, I don't – these two guys, it would be interesting to see how they help bring their team. I mean, I think Minnesota is the team to beat. And NFC North this year, although now Rodgers is back, who knows, it's going to be like a three-headed – uh, race there between those three teams. I think a lot of people think uh, it, it's it's interesting. I, I'm interested to see how it'll shake out uh, with with Cousins. I had him right after Stafford, seven and eight. I think even though he switched, you're kind of like, how does he fit in? Uh, he's got a really good tight end in Kyle Rudolph. He, like I said, has two or three receivers that are good. His running back, Delvin Cook, if he comes back. To, to what he was, or even if it's halfway through the season, he can get back to that point. Uh, they, they've got a good offense, too, and I think Cousins, too, is someone that can manage a game. Or if he has to all of a sudden kind of come back and, and try to get you in a field goal range at the end. So both Stafford and Cousins, I think, are really, uh, I don't want to say safe picks, but they're 
probably going to be looked at as having consistent production and their floor is probably higher than some of these other guys around them where they won't let you down and won't stiff you on points in a week where you can kind of count on a certain level from them. Yeah, I think um, I, I, I like Stafford, like we mentioned, Kirk Cousins. Um, I actually have Kirk Cousins the lowest out of all the writers here. And I think part of that is one, the new new system, I I think it's gonna take him kind of a little bit to get into it. I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily as easy to go, oh, I'm just gonna take this cog from this machine and plug it into this machine over here and it's gonna work uh just as well as it has in the past and even better. Um I do think Kirk Cousins is is going to do all right in Minnesota. Um I, I'm just a little bit more hesitant on him. And I think part of it also is he's one of these guys that I don't think is necessarily like a exciting pick. Um, you know, maybe I should move him up a little bit in my rankings because I have him right at 13. Um, so just outside that top 12, um, you know, I probably should move him up a little bit, but that would be mean kind of moving down some of the guys that I'm actually a little bit more, you know, more excited for to see kind of in that, that upper echelon, um, in that QB one spot. But, uh, Ethan, anything you want to add about Kirk? Uh, not too much. I mean, I hear Kirk Cousins and I, I hear safe. Um, he's about the safest quarterback I think there is out there. Uh, I do think that, uh, his numbers are, are going to take a bit of a hit in Minnesota, even with, uh, all of those weapons simply because it's a more balanced team. Um, in Washington, he often didn't have a very strong running game. Uh, he was often on a task uh, with even scoring at the goal line. Um, I don't think he sees any of that work in Minnesota. I think Kirk Cousins is basically what Case Keenum was uh, last year, except you can you can kind of bank on it. I'm not sure if you can say the same for for Case Keenum. So um, based on my earlier admission and wanting safety in my quarterback, uh, Kirk Cousins is, is an awesome uh, play in, in redraft leagues this season. Um, I would just uh, try to maybe pair him uh, with somebody, uh, maybe with the higher upside uh, in the future just to get those uh, those big weeks. Yeah, you guys, you guys convinced me. I actually bumped his rate, his ranking up, um, so that it's actually dead even with a guy that we're going to talk about uh, much later. Um, but I think they're two of the safest guys in 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 the quarterback position. So I'm uh, instead of having him at thirteen, I'm going to have him in, at tied for twelve because I think he will be kind of in that that back end range. Um, so good, good job. You guys are so so convincing. Uh, that moves us on to Deshaun Watson, um, who in redraft leagues I've seen go as high as the first quarterback in the third, um, the first quarterback off the board and in the third round, which makes me vomit a little bit in my mouth. Um, but then also remember, oh, wait, this person just left a wide receiver or a running back uh, open for me to be able to snag because they made such a horrible, horrible decision. Um, and, and I'm saying that, and I actually have the Sean Watson, the highest out of the three of us. Uh, so, uh, Ethan, you got him at 10, 
What are you, what are you thinking with Deshaun? I do. I do have Deshaun Watson at 10. And to be honest with you, I really could rank him anywhere between 5 and 15. It, it really is an unknown at this point. Um, you mentioned earlier uh, seeing the Hall of Fame game and seeing the ghost of RG3. And every time I look at Deshaun Watson, that's what scares me about him. Uh, he was so dangerous because of his mobility and because of his ability uh, to extend plays and, and really just toss it up for elite pass catchers uh, like uh, a D-hop uh, in Houston to really bring it down for him, regardless of, of whether or not the uh, quality of the pass was, was where you'd like it to be. I worry because he's actually torn ACLs in both of his knees uh, in the past two seasons. He actually, I think, uh, had the same injury uh, in college. I think that that actually was the, the year previous. I, I might be mistaken on that. Um, but the point remains the same. Um, if Deshaun Watson isn't extremely mobile, uh, Deshaun Watson is going to really have issues uh, with interceptions. Um, and he kind of showed that last year, even having that mobility. Um, I expect him to be a lot better uh, as a sophomore quarterback. I expect um, him to be a little more accurate because – we, we did see some accuracy at Clemson, um, but I do worry about uh, Deshaun Watson's increased injury risk just because uh, he's going to have to run to be effective. And if there's any complications with uh, coming back from his injury, um, we're really going to see uh, those play out rather negatively for him. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just to follow up um, with with Watson, I, he is one of those guys that is truly one of those guys where I, I, I want him to be good. I want him to be on my fantasy team. And, I, and, and most importantly, I want him to be healthy because he can be such a dominant force there. But there's so much that makes me nervous about him um, as well. Um, one is obviously the small sample size. Uh, but even within that small sample size of games, uh, he had the most um, for average intended air yards. So how far he was actually uh, wanting to throw the ball in the air, um, he led the league. Um, but what makes that's like, that's great. But then what makes me nervous is along with that, he also led the league in time to throw. So he was holding on to the ball longer than any other quarterback. Yes, he in, he was intending to throw the ball further than every other quarterback, but he was also holding it longer than every other quarterback, which for a guy that's coming off of an ACL injury, for a guy that has a prior ACL injury, it makes me real nervous um, that that might happen. So having him at seven, is there is some wishful thinking in there. Uh but again, you never want to you never want to kind of plan for an injury, uh, or kind of you know definitely don't want to hope for it, but you don't want to plan for it. So I'm going upside here with Deshaun Watson. Um, Sigs, anything you want to add about Watson, or should we just make a nice, natural, smooth transition into luck here? I'll just throw something in real quick. I mean, I, Watson was one of those guys. Um, I had him down in the mid-teens, and I bumped him up a little bit. The more I looked at some other guys, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I like him better than this guy. Um, I just, I do worry about this chance of re-injury. But then again, you watch, it, 
like like uh, Aton said before, I forget who it was with, where he's not going to keep up that rate of throwing touchdowns. Uh, his his touchdown rate was just just ungodly. That what he was doing for those several games, he can't keep that up, especially now there's tape on him uh, with what they're running and his tendencies and how he moves. But I was just worried about that chance of re-injury. I mean, I, I can't put him in the upper half where there's other guys up there like Rodgers and Wilson and Brady and Breeze and, and Newton and whoever you like, however you stack them. There's, I don't know, there's just something where I don't so much play it safe, but I like to get a guy where I can maybe take a quarterback later that's going to fill in my bye week. And then as soon as that bye week's done, dump him and just stick it out with my one guy, especially in a redraft league. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, all right, let's move on to Luck then, because there's a lot of similarities between um, Luck and Watson in terms of when they were playing, the last time they were playing, they looked great. Um, but then injury kind of makes it real real difficult to, to feel super confident about them. Um, both Aton and I have, them at, uh, have Andrew Luck at five. I think Andrew Luck is back. Uh, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not a athletic trainer. You know, I'm not working on Andrew Luck, but I think with the amount of time that he's had, with the amount of, you know, the amount of just kind of easing him into throwing the ball and the amount of time that we've all had to wait to get to this point now of him actually doing scrimmages and things like that. I think Andrew Luck is back. Um, and with that, I'm betting on him being back and fully healthy, which a full and healthy Andrew Luck is a top five quarterback. And that's exactly where I have luck is at number five. I would agree with you, and I know I got him. I, I got. I would just look at the rankings. Here's I got Luck, a guy named Luck at at number thirteen. Lucky thirteen it is in my notes. I wrote down uh, if I see him in the preseason throwing the ball and he doesn't look encumbered in any way, uh, I, I would instantly you know jump him up into my top six and feel safe drafting there. And that's where you guys got him. Is you each got him at five? It looks like. Uh, I just it scares me. I know I said I was optimistic with Wentz and put him all the way up at three. And now here I got a guy that we're worried about injury and, and he's down at 13. Uh, I think the thing that scares me is that we heard that last year he was, oh, yeah, he's coming back and, and he's doing okay and he's progressing. It, it's just the two years off. I don't know, even if he comes back and I hope he do, he does because Andrew Luck playing is good for the NFL. Uh, not, not even like the comeback story or anything. It's just, he, him playing in the NFL on Sundays or Mondays or Thursdays is great. Um, I want him back in there. But the two years off, if he comes back, I think he might not be himself until even, you know, the first quarter of the season's over. So I have him down at 13 now. But if, if I see him come back and he looks like a, a better than a shadow of himself, I would instantly jump him up over the five, six, or sorry, the eight, nine, seven. He'd be up in my top six. Yeah. Ethan, uh, you want to add in? I mean, I have him at five as well, and I'm a little uncomfortable with that, but I mean, kind of like you said, if Andrew Luck is playing, he's he's a top quarterback. Um, Andrew Luck is one of those quarterbacks that pretty much is the entire offense of his team. 
Um, that, coupled with the fact uh, that they've actually uh, seen some an influx of, of new weapons and uh, both of the rookies and Kane and Fountain that they drafted, as well as uh, bringing Eric Ebron over over from Detroit, really makes me think that uh, the the coaching staff, Frank Reich, is is really really thinking about what he's doing when he's making these moves, and he's doing these mo- he's making these moves in anticipation of a healthy quarterback coming back. Um, that offensive line is absolutely scary, um, with the addition of uh, the uh, first-round draft pick that they added uh, this summer. I really think that um, that, coupled with the fact that they don't really have an established uh, runner, is really just going to put a lot on luck and have uh, a luck kind of operate the same way that Tom Brady does in uh, New England. Um, I expect to see a lot of short passes. I expect to see um, a lot of quick throws and, uh, expect the coaches to uh, set up the offense in a way that allows Luck to get the ball out quickly behind that great offensive line and keep them up, upright uh, much more than they did in the past. And as long as they can do that, if he's really showing no effects from uh, the shoulder injury he suffered, we should see a, a, an elite level quarterback. Yeah, I, I think we're all kind of in that same boat where we all want to see luck healthy and throwing because, um, like you guys said, it's it's good for the NFL. It's definitely good for fantasy football. Um, and with that being said, let's jump into our next tier. Uh, we got four guys going into our next tier. Ben Roethlisberger at 12, Philip Rivers at 13-2, Jimmy Garoppolo at 13-4, and Matt Ryan at 14-11. Um, let's jump in with Roethlisberger. Uh, Sigs, you got him at ten, which is higher than the other other of us here. What what puts what what makes you still have faith in Big Ben? Um, I guess one of the things that makes me put him up there in the bottom half of the you know top twelve, your your quarterback ones. Uh, he, he still throws to Antonio Brown. Who, who is still dominant. It's been like the number one or two receiver, probably almost any format in the last four or five years. Uh, he's always got one of those situations too, where at the drop of a hat, a game that you didn't think would be that, that high scoring turns into to one where everyone's switching over because they want to watch this game go to, you know, like a 45 to 42 game. Uh, when he's throwing to Antonio Bryant and, uh, you know, the, he gets three passes and he could be over 100 yards combined in those three passes and all for touchdowns. It, it puts me in that I look for guys that could have two or three explosive games that help carry like your whole week where all you need is two touchdowns from the rest of your roster and your quarterback drags everyone else along with you. And that's, he's, I think he's still got that for at least a year or so left. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm a little bit more nervous about Ben, um, you know, partly with the whole, oh, I think I might retire thing makes me a little nervous whether or not there's any, you know, any truth to it or not. Um, you know, I don't think you can knock a guy like, um, who was it? Josh, uh, Rosen, right. Wasn't he the one that everybody was concerned? Oh, he doesn't need to play football. And yeah, that, that, that's going to make, make us drop him down our draft boards. Um, you know, I think, 
Ben Roethlisberger is in kind of a similar place in that. Like if he's already thinking about retiring last year and last year he had a decent year, it makes me a little bit nervous that it's at any given point, if he gets an injury that is, um, you know, a little bit more severe, he might be one of those guys that, that, that might call it quits there. I know that's not really kind of the Steelers way. I know that's not really something that Ben has done in the past. He's usually a, a gladiator going in there and, you know, taking whatever, you know, bumps, lumps, and bruises that they can give him and, and still going out there. But he, st- he still misses usually a game, um, you know, and, and this year might be the year that, that that injury kind of takes over for him. Um, and, again, you expect him to be healthy, um, but I'm just not uh, – I'm not seeing him uh, kind of being one of those guys that's going to – you know, put up over 350 points for you and really be a, um, you know, a, a top-notch uh, fantasy quarterback the way that we've seen kind of in the past. Um, and the fact that, you know, his completion percentage is kind of continuously going down over the past couple of years makes me a little bit nervous as well, especially with guys like Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell there. Um, even Juju, uh, you know, it, he has the weapons around I should like him more, uh, but I just, again, I just don't see him. I don't see him necessarily being the dominant kind of force that we've seen the Steelers be in the past. Yeah, I don't disagree with you on that either. I just, I, I think some of the the past where it seems like oh, one year at a time type of thing the last year or two, and then they draft Rudolph. I think it was out of was it Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he might be the first QB they've drafted in, in the last couple of years where he, I don't think he'll steal his job by any means, but I think it might light a little bit of a fire under him in his last year or so here that um, here's someone that they're all of a sudden, maybe they're, you know, thinking of finally replacing me and he, he might have to go out there and prove a little bit more and, and, and relight a little bit of that fire, stoke it up a little bit. So I guess that's probably why I got him a little bit higher. Yeah. I would actually be, Probably wouldn't take too much, and if luck comes back, Ben would be one of the guys I would I would have luck jump over to get you know he'd be knocking down. So it wouldn't take me much to, to drop him out of ten down to twelve, thirteen maybe. Yeah, Ethan, anything you want to add in there? I mean, uh, Ben Roethlisberger is I I, I kind of see him the same way I see Cam Newton, but for different reasons. And the reason I compare the two is the extreme volatility. Um, Cam split. I mean, not Cam. Um, Roethlisberger splits uh, home and away are, are eye-opening. And oh, those are those are gross. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're really not sure um, what you're getting when you're starting uh, Big Ben on the road. That said, he still ranks number twelve for me as the last of the uh, top tier QB ones uh, because he has the ability to go off at any moment. Um, he is probably blessed with the best weapons in the NFL. And as long as he remains competent, uh, he is going to be a factor. He's going to have multi-touchdown games. He's going to have lots of yards to the air because, I mean, obviously he has uh, AB, he has Juju, he has Le'Veon Bell. Uh, They've added James Washington. Uh, They just keep uh, adding to uh, the talent pool around Big Ben Roethlisberger. And he's a good quarterback. He's been a good quarterback throughout his career. Um, I really don't see how we should expect 
uh, any different from Big Ben. The only thing I would say is uh, the same that I, I would say for um, a guy like Cam Newton, you probably want to pair him uh, with a safer option uh, just for those times that uh, he has a particularly difficult matchup or uh, he's on the road. Yeah, and, and and with a guy like that, with a guy that I'm not too excited about, like Ben Roethlisberger, and if I have to pair him with somebody else to play the, oh, Ben is home, let me start him. Oh, now Ben's away, let me start somebody else. That means I have to roster two quarterbacks or kind of do a streaming thing the whole year, which just makes him kind of a difficult pick for me at that. Um, you know, we have him ranked as our 11th quarterback by consensus it makes them difficult for me to take there because I don't want two quarterbacks um, in a redraft league. I want a guy that I can kind of set and forget it or going, go into the year knowing that I'm going to be streaming. Um, so that's, that's Ben Roethlisberger um, up next, uh, which is kind of interesting because it's a complete flip flop for uh, me and Sigs. Uh, Philip Rivers comes in. Uh, as our our twelfth, the end of our QB ones, I have them at ten. Six, you have them at sixteen. I mean, for me, Philip Rivers is just more of a consistent fantasy player than Ben Roethlisberger. I think it just kind of a week in and week out, you're going to get a little bit more with Philip Rivers than you will with Big Ben. Um, Six, what do you, what do you got to say? Why do you got him at sixteen? Well, at 16, as you're saying that, it's almost like you're padding for me. I'm looking down, okay, who do I got at, at some of these other picks near him? Um, there's a couple where I might think to switch some people around. But um, I guess to me, Philip Rivers, it was probably one of, the thing, one of those things where as I'm going down the list and I'm ranking people, he might have all of a sudden just been like, oh, wait a minute, I got Philip Rivers. I got, I didn't put him in here yet. And I'm, I probably should have looked more closely and bumped up a little higher than 16. Um, but I don't know. To me, there's, there's some of those times where he's pretty consistent, but then there's all of a sudden he goes through a stretch where it, it's not quite what I, where I might have drafted him, where I need that production. Um, he, he does put up decent numbers, I guess. But sometimes there's a, a, a stretch of games where he goes in a drought. And to me, Phillip Rivers, if I drafted him, there'd be someone else I'd get. And again, I'm not big into, like you said, we're flip-flopping here. I'm not big into streaming. And I guess maybe I just don't value him as, as high. Maybe it's the division they play and they get beat up a lot and their team finishes lower. And mentally, I got him kind of down a little bit lower than I should. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Eitan, you want to add in there? Bill Rivers is just Mr. Consistent. Um, he's he's a guy that you can plug and play pretty much every week, and at least you know that he's not going to be the reason to lose your week. Uh, the reason that uh, I think Philip Rivers is maybe not uh, given as much credit as some of the guys above him um, is because he doesn't really have um, a propensity for, for the, the boom game as often as even, say, a Ben Roethlisberger does. Um, and I think that that has a lot to do with his weapons in comparison to Ben Roethlisberger. Um, if Philip Rivers has a healthy and motivated Keenan Allen, Philip Rivers is a great quarterback. If Philip Rivers has to deal with um, having a Tyrell Williams and <clears throat> having to deal with an 
aging Antonio Gates. You can kind of expect him to get as much as he can out of them, which may not necessarily uh, win you uh, your matchup. But but the one constant with Philip Rivers is you know what you're getting. You don't necessarily need uh, to draft another quarterback uh, with him if 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 that's the way that you want to um, construct your roster. If you want to have um, some more boomer bust uh, receivers, Ben Roethlis, I mean, uh, Philip Rivers would be a good quarterback to to pair with with that type of roster. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I also think with Mike Williams, um, hopefully being healthy this year, hopefully having shaken um, the back injuries that really slowed him down last year, uh, we might be able to see what he can actually do uh, with Phillip Rivers. And then you'd have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen out there, which could be an even more formidable pairing than A.B. and Juju. Maybe. Still not knocking. Still not knocking. Ab yet though, but I agree. I just worry about Mike Williams' health. Um, a back issue, especially for a receiver that's going to get hit in the back a lot, uh, is something that really concerns me. Um, he also had some some nerve issues, as far as I I can recall, and I don't know how easy it's going to be uh, for him to to be fully recovered. Uh, from those yeah yeah definitely having having back issues for a wide receiver is like having shoulder issues for a quarterback or foot issues for a running back you know it's kind of you you need you need those tools or 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 hand issues you know uh let's drop down to jimmy garoppolo um he comes in as our 13th quarterback I have him lower than most people. I am not I'm not convinced that anybody who's good in the Patriots organization once they leave is going to be as good as when they were win in the Patriots organization. No one we've seen come out of New England is nearly as good as what they were when they were in New England. And I think it's a, another one of these things where every everybody is thinking that Garoppolo is going to be, you know, kind of the next Tom Brady. And I, he even came out and said it at one point. Uh, well, if, if you guys remember the exact quote, go ahead and jump in there. Uh, but saying that he 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 was he should have been starting over Brady when he was in uh, in New England. And I think that. That may imply some mental issues there, which you know, not not to make it too much of a joke of it, but but come on, come on, Jimmy G, uh, you are a handsome guy, but unfortunately, handsomeness is not usually transferable on the football field. Um, so, I would say fortunately, otherwise, I'd, I'd be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, what what do you guys have? You guys have Jimmy G at twelve and thirteen, right? Where just about most, you know, that's where our average rank is for him at that thirteen mark. Uh, what what is bringing you guys towards Jimmy G? Well, for for me, uh, I have. I'll preface this by saying I don't think I'll have to worry about having him on my team because I I almost guarantee in a lot of the leagues I'll get in this year. Uh, someone's going to pick them higher than I will. It's one of those things where I value them here and it's the bottom of the top, uh, top level of quarterbacks here in the first round or first 12, <clears throat> but someone is going to pick them way before I do. Um, it, and I think throwing in on that quote, you said 
the, there was another sentence thrown there like, I, I always knew I was better, or I knew I was better. It's easy to say that when you're on the opposite coast as Tom Brady, even though Tom probably goes home to California occasionally. Uh, I don't know. He, he didn't do a little bit for a small stint, you know, was it half dozen games in San Francisco, where he did put up some numbers uh, away from New England, but still not full season. And I, I kind of agree with you, uh, even though I got him at 12. I probably wouldn't go down as far as you, but I mean, I wouldn't take much to convince me, okay, I'll knock him down a couple pegs here. I'm just not a believer in him. Yes, I need to see more from him, maybe a full season or maybe another stretch of eight games where he's putting it together most of those games. Yeah, uh, go, uh, you go first, Eitan. I, I have Jimmy G at, uh, let's see here. I have Jimmy G at 13, and I, I don't want to have him at 13, to be <laughs> honest. Um, a lot of um, things which you just brought up uh, are my issues with, with Jimmy Garoppolo. We have a small sample size, just as we have um, with Deshaun Watson, the reason why we have him ranked a little bit lower than consensus. Um, we also uh, we, we also haven't seen the same type of success of quarterbacks leaving New England. Um, I do think the one thing that changes um, Jimmy G and that, that makes him um, a borderline uh, QB1 is his offense. Um, he is going to have to be the focal point of that offense. Uh, they don't have an elite uh, receiver to carry the load. They uh, don't necessarily have an elite tight end uh, to carry the load, although they had, do have some nice pieces in Marquise Goodwin and uh, George Kittle at those spots. They don't have a running game that's going to be able to go between the tackles um, as as often as, as you would like. So if they're going to move the ball, they're going to have to move the ball with short, quick, slant-type passes, and uh, Jimmy G is just going to throw a lot of those. Um, we've seen success uh, with uh, Kyle Shanahan with quarterbacks. Um, obviously, we saw it in his last stint in Atlanta uh, when Matt Ryan, who, in my opinion, is a, an average quarterback, uh, won the MVP. Um, Jimmy G is going to just be flooded with volume, and you have to chase the volume in fantasy. That's that's how you win these leagues, ultimately. Um, in some instances, uh, it outpaces talent, and I think this is just one of those. Taking nothing against um, or nothing away from Jimmy Garoppolo. I just, I don't think uh, that we can crown him yet, but I think he is in an excellent situation. And much like a, a wide receiver like Devontae Adams, talent doesn't necessarily have to win out. Situation can can, can be just as, as valuable in the fantasy leagues. Yeah, and just a quick note about volume there. They actually threw less with Jimmy Garoppolo in um in the game than they did when they had Christ. I don't even remember who was San Fran's quarterback uh, uh, at the beginning of last year. Now there's so much hype around Jimmy Garoppolo, um, but they actually threw less in the, um, what was it four games, five games that he started at the end of the uh, end of the season. On average, they were throwing less passes in those games than they were in the games um, before the bye week and before Jimmy actually came in. So I, I definitely agree with the argument that San Francisco is probably not going to be a superstar team. He's probably going to be throwing the ball still. 
um, or San Francisco is going to need to throw the ball to stay competitive. I just, I, I, I do not see him being a, um, you know, a, a superstar quarterback like he, he sees himself as. Um, and Aton, you also brought up Matt Ryan. So why don't we jump right into him? Uh, I have him at 14, Aton, you got him at 15, six, you got him at 11. Uh, six, you expecting a career year? Like when he ran for the, the, the Falcons made their Super Bowl run or just Matt Ryan getting a little bit better. Um, I, I think last year he had a little bit of a down year. Uh, hopefully, Hopefully they can solve their uh, Julio Jones problem. What I mean by that is, like, getting this guy somewhere inside the 20-yard line, why don't we throw it to him and let him get the touchdown and bring it down? I mean, there, I would actually have him a little bit lower maybe than this. I just I didn't want to change my rankings before we, we went and did the podcast. But uh, looking back to last year, there was a stretch of uh, – where was it here? There was a stretch <clears throat> of games where – uh, I think it was 10 or 11 times that he had one or less touchdowns, which we I think we think of their offense as putting up a bunch of points. And twice they went over 30 points, and he still had one touchdown. <clears throat> and it just kind of shows you, you know, those running backs take a lot of their uh, scoring, and, and they run the ball, and they might, again, throw a couple passes that all of a sudden get broken. Tevin Coleman uh, takes one little pass, and he runs 80 yards with it. We've seen those highlights over and over again. you got Freeman, too. Uh, he, he should still be able to manage a game. Uh, I'm not, I've never been a big fan of his, but I guess he's probably got to go with the people he has around him, the running backs, the wide receivers. They picked up Calvin Ridley. <clears throat> he probably should be one of those last quarterbacks you count on as a QB one. I, I don't like him at 11 as I have him right now, but uh, I guess I'd still have a little bit of faith in him. Uh, yeah, I mean, Matt Ryan is, he, he's Matt Ryan. Um, I, I, again, I expect him to have a little bit of a better year than he had in 2017, just like you said. Um, but I think he's another one of those kind of safe quarterbacks. And I think that's why this group is actually pretty good here with Roethlisberger, Rivers, Garoppolo, and Ryan, because you kind of get, again, one of those, you know, dichotomies of their either – super consistent or inconsistent or there's just kind of like that hype around them. Um, so I, I kind of like, like this tier, the way it's set up. Uh, Eitan, anything you want to add about Matt Ryan? There's not too much to say about Matt Ryan. Um, I think Matt Ryan and Philip Rivers essentially are the same person. Uh, when it comes to fantasy football, I really just feel that um, they're just two guys that, have a, a decent amount on their shoulders. They both have um, significant running games to deal with, uh, so that maybe depresses their value a bit. Um, but they also have weapons. Um, the addition of Calvin Ridley, I think, is going to uh, definitely help uh, that offense because now uh, you have a timing receiver uh, who's going to be wide open on uh, those screens, on those hitches, on those uh, quick crosses over the middle. I think they're going to run a lot of rub routes uh, between uh, with um, – Calvin Ridley, as well as um, with uh, Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu. I don't think he's going to entirely disappear. Um, and I think uh, Ryan's going to benefit from that. Uh, he should hopefully have uh, a healthy 
uh, Devonta Freeman uh, for the majority of this season. Um, and I, I think that's just going to help his, his ability to um, get that extra yardage, that extra yak yardage on those, those dump off plays. And I don't think he's going to have to play out of his mind to uh, still be, if not a low end QB one, uh, very close to it. And I just think he's a really, really safe ops, safe option uh, for fantasy reasons too. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's jump into uh, let's jump into our last tier here. We're gonna try and hit these guys a little bit quicker um, so we can uh, wrap up in a in somewhat of a decent time here. Uh, our fifteen to twenty, we got Marcus Mariota at fifteen, Jared Goff at fifteen point eight, uh, Patrick Mahomes at sixteen, Dak is seventeen, Alex Smith is seventeen, and Derek Carr at eighteen, wrapping out our top twenty. Um, so Mariota, you guys both have them at nineteen. I have them at eleven. Um, my main crux here is that I think Mariota is finally going to have a truly healthy year. And I think a truly healthy year for Mariota is going to lead to him being able to do kind of what everybody wanted him to do last year. Um, and last year he was plagued with hamstring in, uh, a hamstring kind of issue. Um, and obviously the year before that, he broke woes at his femur. Um, but I think this is the year that he gets all of it put together and we see a super solid stat line out of Mariota. I think, um, I think him and Corey Davis are going to kind of be one of the, the next kind of big name tandems. Um, and I actually don't mind the running backs there. Uh, I'll save that kind of for the running back discussion but Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry I don't want to have to choose which one of them is going to be good but I think that their rushing game overall will be good so I think all of that's going to help um, my boy Marcus out a little bit uh, who who wants to take the rebuttal to Marcus uh, well I don't know how much a rebuttal it is but I'll go first and I'll make it quick uh, I want him higher than 19 meaning I guess lower number I want to I want to put him toward the top of the list. Not sorry. I want to put him more toward the top of the list. Uh, maybe in the mid-teens or so. Uh, you know, we want the guy that that went and played Kansas City and end up beating the Chiefs that one year in the playoffs. I mean, that's who we know he can be. And hopefully, Mike Vrabel can come in there and help them. We're all waiting for Corey Davis to help him do that. I I think he can do that. Uh, I just I just hope. If you draft him this year, you got to hope it's this year. You know, you can't draft him this year and have it be next year, and then you don't draft him next year because he flopped this year, and you you know you're the the year late or the year too early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, eight eight on anything quickly. You want to jump in there, or do we want to move on to golf? Um, I'll just be really quick. Uh, I do see uh, better times coming uh, for Marcus Mariota simply because of. Just seeing that LaFleur be in offenses with good quarterbacks for a very long time. Um, <clears throat> he did it, obviously, last season with Jared Goff. Um, before that, he did it. I think he was on uh, the staff uh, that had Matt Ryan win the MVP. I think uh, before that, he was on the staff uh, that led to RG3's magical season. So I do see some improvement coming 
uh, for Mariota. I just don't know if that's going to be a high-volume passing offense. Um, that's not something he's seen uh, to date. Obviously, with the coaching change, we don't quite know what to expect this year, but if he doesn't necessarily get uh, the 30, 35 attempts that uh, these other top quarterbacks get, he's just not going to be in a position to put up um, top-tier numbers. So I, I really do uh, think he'll have a stable floor with that rushing upside now that he is a little bit healthier than he has been um, recently. But um, I, I don't expect fireworks from Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I actually think that's a pretty good transition um, in terms of somebody that will probably be decent, somebody that we don't – I personally don't expect a lot of fireworks from, and judging by you guys' rankings, you don't see uh, expect a lot of fireworks from them either. And a guy whose kind of passing volume will probably be, you know, in flux because their rushing game and defense is so good. Um, and the next guy up is Jared Goff. Um, and I think I kind of explained why I have him, uh, where I have him at 16, which is actually the highest because six, you got him at 17 and 18. Uh, Ethan, you got him at 18. Anything you want to guys, you guys want to throw in there about golf? I think a lot of people think, okay, they got Todd Gurley and that's where all the points are going to come from. He did have 28 touchdowns last year. I mean, you know, they got cup They they paid Brandon cooks. So, I mean, he's going to get some touchdowns and probably have more good weeks than bad weeks because I mean, a lot of people are going to realize they have Gurley too and plan to stop them and make golf beat them. And you can capitalize on those weeks. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. Uh, Eitan, you want to add in about Goff? I expect Goff to have a decent year. I think he's in largely the same situation that he was last year. He has a burner. Uh, he has a possession receiver in, in um, Cooper Cup. And he also has um, an intermediate route receiver in uh, Robert Woods, as well as a screen guy in Robert Woods. So I do think uh, that's just because of the situation, he's definitely going to be well. Uh, Relevance quarterback this season. I think he's going to be um, in the mid tier of those quarterback twos, but uh, it's just not a situation that I really expect them to have to put too much on, on, on Goff's shoulders. Um, I think that running game is going to keep his numbers down. I think that defense is going to further depress his numbers, and I think uh, he actually takes a step back. Uh, when it comes to the number of touchdowns that he throws. So a uh, safe option, um, but again, not somebody that you would necessarily expect the world from. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think we're all kind of in the same boat of he's he's, he's going to be decent, but uh, uh, he's a good stream. Like I'm, I'm not excited to have him on my team, but I'm also not, not going to completely write him off. Um, now, a guy that I think a lot of people are getting excited about being on their team, um, Patrick Mahomes comes in as our 17th. I actually have him outside of my top 20, um, and, and I actually really like Mahomes. I have him on a couple uh, dynasty squads. Um, I'm just not certain that this is the year for for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you guys both have him at 14, um, so – uh, Sigs, you went first last time. Uh, so, Aton, you get to go first this time. What do you got for Pat? I don't often defer to NFL coaching staffs when uh, breaking down uh, their teams and you know the roster moves they should be making because there are a few uh, good 
staffs and GMs out there that actually do uh, use analytics to construct solid teams, as we've seen in the Super Bowl with uh, the Eagles and the Patriots probably being uh, the two leading the charge in that. I would say uh, Andy Reid's staff is one of those, uh, though, that does do a good job um, really constructing their teams. Uh, Alex Smith had a career season last year. Um, he was, I think, a top five uh, fantasy quarterback when it was all said and done, at least in uh, PPR leagues. Yeah, he was. He uh, had, I think, one of the top um, deep ball uh, passing completion percentages in the league uh, last season, and they let him go. Uh, he had one more year on his contract. They could have kept him for one more year. They could have let uh, Mahomes marinate. Uh, for next year, but they chose not to. And I think the reason that they chose not to um, was because they really do intend to, to air it out a little bit more knowing that their defense isn't quite what it needs to be. Um, and I think Patrick Mahomes is going to benefit from that. Um, he is probably in one of the best situations in the league. He has an excellent offensive line. Uh, he has a good running back in Kareem Hunt. Uh, Sammy Watkins adds to that already crazy group of receivers that also includes uh, Tyreek Hill as well as Travis Kelsey being the number one passing option on their team. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes is, is going to be a lot like a, a Cam Newton this year. I think he's going to have a Dak Prescott-esque rushing upside. I think he's going to get four to five uh, rushing TDs. I also think he's going to throw uh, for anything between – 20 and 25, 26 touchdowns this season. Um, I just think it's going to come a lot today and, and, and not necessarily be there tomorrow. I think he's going to have a lot of boom bust weeks, and that's why I can't quite put I can't quite put him in the um, the QB ones. Uh, but I do think if you have some patience towards the end of the season, if you're happy to be in dynasty leagues, um, that's that's definitely where he wants. Uh, Mahomes because he, he seems to be a quarterback that, that has a really strong arm that's going to look to throw it down the field just like Deshaun Watson does. It has some rushing upside. Um, he looks to be a cheat code at the next level. Yeah, I, I, I really like Mahomes. I think Mahomes is one of those guys that, like I said, right now I have him outside my top 20, but I think through the preseason he could easily be one of those guys that creeps higher and higher and higher um, especially as we get more more film on him, more you know, he's not going to face an actual defense um, for a little while still. But just putting pads on him, getting him on the field, getting him against other NFL players, um, you know, he he looked okay at times in that Week 17 uh, outing that he had. But Week 17 is a very strange week in the NFL. Um, and you really never know what you're going to get with it. So I don't want to put too much emphasis on that. So I really kind of want to see what happens with him. But if he comes into the preseason and he looks like he's setting the world on fire for all the reasons you just gave about the offense, having all the weapons there, about the coaching staff um, and getting rid of Alex Smith when Alex Smith came off a career year. Uh, yeah, I could easily be moving Patrick Mahomes up my up my draft board in leaps and bounds. Um, and that is actually a perfect segue into Dak Prescott because, Sigs, you don't have Dak Prescott in your top 20. 
um, whereas both uh, Eitan and I do. Uh, why, why, why no Dak love? Well, I guess I, I do like Dak as an NFL quarterback. I'm not going to have him on my, on my football team, though, as a fantasy quarterback. So, I mean, he, he's like probably at 20 or 21. Uh, I don't have him at 20, so I guess he's 21 in my list. Uh, the, you know, they're going to funnel their offense even more so if they can through the running back position or, or through smaller, shorter passes. Uh, they let Dez go. They didn't really bring in a, a big star name to, to replace him, so they're going to probably – they lost Witten. I mean, their offense is in kind of a transition. And I guess I just don't think Dak is going to be someone to help me win my redraft league next year. So he's not high on my list. Makes sense. Um, Eitan, you want to add something about Dak? Dak has an incredible offensive line. Um, they, the Cowboys, dealt with uh, a lot of injuries last season. Um, this season, they even added to that offensive line with their uh, draft picks early on, uh, and they still have one of the most dominant offense lines uh, in the league. Uh, they also have Ezekiel Elliott, and just having uh, the threat of that run game and uh, Dallas's ability to, to just run it <clears throat> up and down the field, um, Dak's going to be presented with a lot of opportunities this season. Um, now, he may not necessarily have the receivers uh, that he's had in years past uh, with uh, Des Bryant and, and Jason Witten. Uh, leaving uh, this season, but I don't necessarily think uh, those two are helping Dak all that much. Um, I think what a lot of people do when they when they think about Dak is they forget uh, the value of his rushing upside. The last two seasons, Dak has had uh, six rushing touchdowns uh, per season. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily sustainable, but I think you can you can definitely pencil him in. Uh, for his fair share, maybe four or five a season. As long as he keeps doing that, um, his early career numbers actually very closely mirror uh, Russell Wilson. Now, I'm not comparing the two. I don't think Dak is as fast as, as Russell Wilson is. I don't think he's necessarily as agile as Russell Wilson is, but I do think uh, that he has a decent arm. He's in a decent system. He is in a decent situation with the old line, even though he doesn't have those receivers. And um, as long as he keeps uh, running, I think he's, he's definitely going to be a, a guy that you can trust to, to maybe be a QB one for you about half the time. Yeah. I, I, I like Dak. Um, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan at heart. Um, so I really like Dak as an NFL player, as a fantasy player, um, I think there are a couple of concerns there. Um, I mean, I have them at 19, so just inside the top 20. I really want to have them higher. I think my biggest, um, my biggest kind of uh, bugaboo is that the the receiving core there just gives me um, extreme pause. Uh, I think if you know, and not to give too much credence to preseason games, but if it looks like Alan Hearns is really coming into his own, playing on the outside, like when he was good in Jacksonville, he was playing on the outside. Um, if he's playing on the outside and really looks like how he did in that one good year that he had, um, if Michael Gallup is looking like a true, you know, uh, dominant receiver, which a lot of people kind of pegged him as, 
I might, you know, I might be moving deck up, um, up my board in the same way that I'd be moving Patrick Mahomes up my board. It's just right now, the questions floating around them. If I were drafting today, I want to have either of those guys on, um, on my roster. Um, I definitely have them on my watch list, but I want to have them on my roster just because I'd much rather have, um, you know, one of the guys that we've already talked about or the next guy that we're going to talk about, uh, Alex Smith, because Alex Smith is just a slow and steady, consistent. Um, I mean, I have him far beyond where what looks like everybody else has him um, because I have him right at that 12 line. Um, and everybody, uh, as a consensus, we have him at 19. I like Alex Smith because he will get you consistent points. He's not a sexy name. He's not a person you're super excited about. But if I wait and wait and wait on quarterback, I am much happier with like an Alex Smith than a Blake Bortles um, or somebody else super deep um, at the quarterback position like that. Um Aton, you got him at 12. Six, you got him at 15. Um, so, Aton, why don't you go ahead and start us off with, with Smith? I got Smith at 20. What did I say? Uh, I think you have Alex Smith at 12. Yes, I have him at 12. You got him at 20. Six got, has him at 15. Uh, why, why 20? Um, I think Alex Smith is a product of his environment um, through and through. And I think he's experienced a downgrade in environments going from um, Kansas City to Washington. Um, I, I can't trust Jordan Reed's health. Uh, we, we haven't been able to. Um, and I think that's his number one target out in Washington. Uh, I think a guy like Josh Dodson isn't necessarily a receiver that he's going to find very useful because Alex Smith is the type of uh, quarterback that, that kind of plays pretty close to the chest and wants to make sure that you're open and when he's actually throwing you the pass. That's why I think uh, he had such success with a guy like Tyreek Hill who created the most separation in the league. Um, Paul Richardson is no Tyreek Hill, and I think he's lost that element to his game. He's lost that deep ball passing ability. Um, he does have a decent uh, offensive line in Washington. They suffered a lot of injuries just like the Cowboys did last season. Uh, they should be a lot better this year, but um, I don't know if uh, Smith's weapons are going to be um, what you want from them. Um, I worry about Chris Thompson. He's already come out and said that he doesn't quite feel healthy. He doesn't know if he will be healthy until uh, November, even though the uh, the Redskins uh, coaching staff has somewhat disagreed uh, with that statement. Um, I, I, I really worry for uh, Smith in an instance where he can't necessarily re- rely on his receivers. And uh, that's, that's the situation he's walking into uh, in Washington. That said, um, I wouldn't dare to put him outside of the top 20. I do think Alex Smith is going to be a QB one on occasion, just because of his rushing upside, like he has been throughout his entire season, uh, his entire career. But, um, but I, I do worry about uh, Alex Smith for this particular season. I think it might look a lot better. Um, if we knew exactly how good their running game with Darius Geis, uh, Chris Thompson, and whoever they keep out of Rob Kelly and Samaj P. Ryan this season. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of environmental environmental issues there. A little bit of global warming, if you will, or uh, uh, you know, not not exactly melting the ice caps, but um, yeah, I I just think that he is a guy that's going to still put up decent in and out in and out weeks without you know, like you said, he's not going to have too many you know big big boom weeks, but I think he's going to be right around. Um, you know, right around that 200 yards and a touchdown or two, I think he'll be above that for his average, which puts him in a decent spot for me um, in terms of making him uh, at least fantasy fantasy relevant at that QB QB one ish to borderline. Um, Six, anything you want to add there before we get into our last last guy? I, I think. Uh, people would have been surprised if you told them before last season, hey, Alex Smith's going to be a QB1 for you. Um, I don't think he'll repeat that because he's changing systems. If if he did have like an established running back, some receivers that you know were household names everyone knew, and he jumped onto a team like that, I think he could he could do fairly well and still be like in the top 12. For me, at least, I got him at 15. I put him just outside there. I think he'll do what John – or what – the John Gruden? No. Who's their coach? Which Gruden brother do they got? Yeah. Uh, he'll do what he wants him to do, which is kind of manage games. He's got a, a low ceiling but a high floor. Uh, he's not going to probably break you, but he might not make you that week either. And I mean, the biggest knock on him before Andy Reid helped kind of fix him, as some people might say, is he had so many offensive coordinators, one after the other. He never had more than, you know, two years with the same OC for so long. And then they kind of got him as that in KC. And it, it, once he got established and didn't have to learn a new offense every year, he was a lot better. I mean, he passed down the field really good last year. Maybe that was a lot of Tyree Kill and, and you know, Kareem Hunt breaking long pass plays that, that they threw a little rope to him. But, I mean, I think he can do some damage in Washington. He's just going to have to battle in the NFC East, too, which is going to be tough for him and learning the new offense. So, yeah, he's he's right there, either just in or just out the top twelve. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Ethan. Just to kind of add in with Smith, I would also just add that I think it's really telling that uh, Alex Smith has effectively been dumped for two more exciting options by two head coaches with 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 some some experience in, in the league. Um, obviously, Andy Reid did it this season. Uh, Jim Harbaugh did it previously. And I think there's a reason to that. I think maybe one of the reasons Alex Smith has had uh, so many different offensive coordinators is because he's gotten a lot of them fired. That's a, it's an interesting point. I mean, it didn't really work out with uh, Jim Harbaugh uh, the first time around. Um, so I guess we'll see how it works out with Andy, but um, yeah, I didn't, didn't really think about that one, but these will, you know, lends itself a little credence there. Um, all right, so number 20, the last um, the last guy we're going to kind of uh, really delve into here, Derek Carr. Um, our consensus is at 18, um, which puts him exactly at where you got him, Sigs. Both me and Aton have him a little bit later. Um, so, Sigs, why don't you start us off with Derek Carr? Well, from one Gruden brother to the other, I guess, here. Uh, he, he, the whole offense has kind of been – I don't want to say re, redone, but, you know, when, when Gruden, what Gruden likes 
in Oakland, he's doing the same thing is veteran people at the skill positions. You know, I don't think, I don't want to talk about the Doug Martin thing a lot, but he brought in Martin. He brought in Jordy Nelson, uh, Michael Crabtree left. He brings in Martavius Bryant to see if that works. He's got Amari Cooper. Uh, I think what he'll be able to do hopefully with Derek Carr is to try to help him make better decisions, which, I mean, you saw Gruden run his quarterback camp all the time on TV. Uh, they also got to get just kind of like they had with Julio Jones to get Amari Cooper in the end zone. And I think Gruden's smart enough to realize that. I, I even think I remember him saying on TV, like, why aren't they using Cooper or designing plays for him inside the 20 or once they get to the other side of the field, everything's a long pass play to him that he has to break something. Uh, Gruden's smart enough to see that with all the money they paid him. He's going to know that they have to get Cooper the ball. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Eitan, you want to add in with Derek Carr? Um, I really think Derek Carr is in a tough situation this year. Um, I think Amari Cooper is going to be a lot better. Uh, I think last year was an aberration for Cooper. Um, and I think that. Uh, They'll have a thousand yards, you know, six TDs, seven TDs, and uh, be be a solid piece of the offense. Um, but outside of Mari Cooper, I'm really worried about the rest of the pieces um, in Oakland. Uh, Sean Gruden has already come out and said that uh, he isn't uh, exactly enthused about um, Montavious Bryant's work uh, ethic. He hasn't quite uh, learned the playbook yet. Um, Jared Cook has been one of their most impressive uh, performers in, in, in training camp thus far, and I don't know how much. Uh, how excited that can really uh, make you feel about that offense. And um, I really do see uh, the, the, the Oakland offense uh, struggling uh, this season. And if the Oakland offense struggles, obviously uh, the person at the helm of that isn't it's necessarily going to be well. That said, um, I think Derek Carr can be better than he has been um, recently. I just think his ranking – his low ranking, at least for us, is, is somewhat appropriate just because of all the other fantastic options um, that, that they're going to be this season. I mean, how many how many quarterbacks were injured uh, last year that uh, didn't necessarily make uh, the, the top of the list that you would automatically um, put above Derek Carr uh, if, if he was available? Andrew Luck is one, obviously. Um, Aaron Rodgers is another. And I think um, just looking at the numbers, I, I really wouldn't pick him over pretty much anyone else we have on this list. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think Derek Carr is one of those guys, like you guys had mentioned, there's a lot of kind of question marks around him. I think that's kind of where he's getting the, the, the ranks that he's getting. Um, I think he's a quarterback that can be a borderline QB one. I think he's a quarterback that can get you, you know, a QB one week every now and then. Um, but I think it's there are there's questions there's questions around, you know, can Martavius Bryant be a, a legitimate week in week out receiving threat? Um, can Jordy Nelson um, still play to the high level that he did when he was playing with Aaron Rodgers? Uh, can Amari Cooper, you know, kind of go beyond the narrative around him of of being a, a drop machine um, and kind of take that next step? So I think that those kind of questions, you know, they need to be answered before I move Derek Carr up, up anymore. Um, so there you have it. That's, that's our top 20 at 
um, FF Dynasty 260. Um, one thing I want to do before we go, and this this I didn't tell you guys about beforehand, so it's good. Pop, pop quiz time. Um, I want one guy that's outside of the FFD 260 um, top 20 of quarterbacks that you're excited about and uh, think is going to do something really great uh, this upcoming year in 2018. Um, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, crazily enough, uh, you mentioned this guy earlier, and um, I don't know if I can really tell you why uh, I'm that high on him other than I just have a feeling. I really do think Blake Bortles is going to be a lot better this year. Um, Blake Bortles is an experienced quarterback. Uh, they've obviously added to that receiver group with uh, drafting DJ Chark. I think Keelan Cole is going to be one of the surprises of the season. I really do think he's going to be a borderline uh, wide receiver uh, two uh, this season, if not better than that. Um, they also uh, have uh, Dante Moncrief. They spent about $10 million there. Uh, they've made a lot of moves to really improve that passing game. They also, I, I believe, um, acquired uh, Norwell from uh, Carolina this season, uh, improving that offensive line. I think Leonard Fournette is going to run for days, and I think when he's done running, just when uh, the defense is is done getting battered, maybe they still have their heavy package out there. They're going to get hit with a lot of quick slants from Blake Bortles, and I really do think uh, the receivers on that team, like D.B. Westbrook, like Keelan Cole, um, are yak specialists, and I think that uh, Blake Bortles is really going to benefit from a lot of long runs um, by his receivers uh, on some of the short passes that he does take. I think there's a reason they re-signed Blake Bortles, um, I don't think at all that he's going to be an elite-level quarterback, but he won some people some championships this season. I really don't see why that can't continue in the same system with uh, an improved uh, set of receiving options with ASJ and, and all the receivers that I just mentioned before. Nice. Uh, I, I, I do not like... Blake Bortles that much, but you you make a strong argument for him. Uh, Six, who do you got? Um, I, I got. I guess I'll take the guy uh, Mitch Trubisky, who I had right at the end of my top twenty, and I know he's on the Bears. I know I mentioned before. I think the NFC North is going to have the top two or three teams just beat each other up and I think the Bears are going to take a, a huge part of that whooping but I think he's going to improve a lot on where he was from last year to this year uh, they they brought in Matt Nagy as their head coach from uh, Kansas City uh, they brought in uh, Allen Robinson uh, I really like their rookie that they got Anthony Miller out of Memphis um, they got Trey Burton for tight end I have confidence that Nagy as a head coach can, can get Tara Cohen involved where John Fox through some lack of wisdom. Uh, I think it was four or five catches in each of the first four games that he had Terry uh, Cohen had. And then all of a sudden they just, he never had more than like two the rest of the year in a single game. Uh, Nagy knows how to use the running back and get them involved. You got this guy nicknamed the human joystick for a reason. Trubisky should be able to do a lot more. He's seen NFL defenses last year. They'll throw more at him this year. He'll be probably a little bit better than he was last year. I don't want him as my QB1, uh, but he might be one of those guys where you take as a bye week, fill in as, uh, for your QB1, and then all of a sudden, because of certain production, you have to end up keeping him because if you drop him, someone else is going to pick him up that had injuries, 
and all of a sudden you might end up getting beaten in like week 15 because of the Bears' soft opponent. So I'd, I'd keep an eye on Mitchell Trubisky, maybe even if you don't draft him as a, a waiver wire pickup, if, if you do have some kind of problem where a guy gets injured or isn't producing as well. Yeah, I could see Mitchell Trubisky being one of these guys that you you I, I feel his storyline is going to play itself out a lot of times of Mitchell Trubisky got drafted by somebody else in your league uh, off of just all the hype around the Bears offense. Um, the Bears offense struggles for the first few weeks. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky gets dropped by other said anonymous owner exactly. and you're able to scoop him up um, around a bye week or something like that as the Chicago offense starts clicking a little bit more and he actually helps you uh, win a few games late in leagues. Um, I, I can definitely see that happening, um, but I, I'm not a hundred percent sold on, on Mitch. Um, and then my, my final guy outside that I'm, I'm excited about, and this may be wishful thinking also, which I think kind of all three of us uh, have uh, mine is case Keenum. Um, I would have been my other guy. Yeah, I think he I think he showed so much in Minnesota and I think there's a little bit to be said for the environment there because Minnesota has a strong offensive line. They had um they had decent running backs um throughout the season. Um or decent running back play really. Um and then obviously Thielen and Diggs did a lot to kind of help him out and Rudolph in there as well as tight, at tight end. And he's not going to get all of that in Denver, um, but there's been some noise about the the potential with Cortland Sutton looking like um, he's picking up the offense so so quickly and easily, and he's going to be the third guy with Demarius Thomas and um, Emmanuel Sanders in there. There's also a lot of hype around the running backs. Um, Denver just got the the rookie um, uh, Freeman. Freeman. Yep, Royce Freeman. Um, so there, there could be some serious opportunity for him. And I actually, not to be one to necessarily pitch narratives over anything else, but I actually like the narrative of kind of him being disrespected by, um, feeling like he was always not the guy in Minnesota, um, to being able to go to Denver and be the guy. I think he, I, I hope he actually plays with a chip on his shoulder, um, and goes out there and, and shows that he should have been the unquestioned guy in Minnesota um, when when he was there. I agree with you. I think he'll be asked to do the same thing as he was in Minnesota after like week seven or eight. Just just don't lose us the game. We got a good defense, our offense. So you got all these weapons around you. Just go out there and, and don't give the ball over to their team. Yeah, make makes sense to me. All right, boys. Um, I think Case Keenum will. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, I think Case Keenum, as a Broncos fan, will will definitely be an improvement on what the Broncos have had. Uh, I mean, Trevor Simeon and uh, and Paxton Lynch aren't necessarily the uh, the hardest act to follow, but but I do think that Case Keenum will benefit from uh, those weapons, like you guys mentioned. Just a fun fact about Case Keenum. Um, he is actually the most prolific uh, college quarterback um, at Houston. He actually was one of the first quarterbacks um, that started uh, that spread system phenomenon that has led to 
uh, QBs like uh, the Patrick Mahomes that you see here uh, even being drafted. So uh, Case Keenum has has shown that he, he does have the goods in the past. I don't know how consistent he'll be, but I expect him to be far and above what uh, us Denver fans have experienced recently. Yeah, and like you said, that's he, he's not coming in following a very tough act, but – uh, so there it is. Um, good job, boys. That That is the FFD260 uh, top 20 at quarterback um, based on our consensus rankings. Um, and a, a little freebie at the end there with our three picks for guys that we want to see do well or can see doing well outside of that top 20. So definitely go check out all of the rankings at ffdynasty260.com and be sure to look out for the next installment of our uh, redraft rankings roundtables. Have a good night. Say good night, guys. Good night. Good night. See you guys next time.